Welcome to the latest First Voice podcast brought to you by First Voice magazine, the official flagship magazine of the Federation of Small Businesses and the go-to podcast for news tips and important information for small businesses. Uh, In this episode, we'll be looking at the current funding and financing options for small businesses with many of the government COVID support measures now ended and many firms either looking to invest to rebound or to grow post-COVID. It's the perfect time to explore the different funding options. To explore that, uh, I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Artin Namoni, who is Head of Funding at Sedulo Funding Solutions and someone who speaks with small business owners on a daily basis about their funding options. Artin, welcome. Thanks, John. Uh, Lovely to be here, to be talking uh, all things uh, funding and finance related in terms of small businesses. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. Let's uh, let's kick straight into it. Um, why is this such a, an important and topical issue right now? Well, I think given the extent of the impact of the government imposed restrictions in relation to the pandemic over the past kind of 18, 20 months now, we've seen a, a significant hit uh, that most businesses have faced. And up until recently, there's been what I would at least call very good government backing for the vast majority of uh, businesses up and down the country, regardless of size. We've seen what's been very popular with small businesses would be things like the bounce back loan scheme, um, up to £50,000 or 25% of company turnover. We've seen the furlough scheme, which has covered uh, salaries. We've seen uh, grants, which have been able to kind of cover things like rent and other aspects of uh, business operations where the uh, nature of business has had to has had to stall or has had to stop in some instances. Now, with those uh, having ended and new schemes being launched, i.e., the recovery loan scheme, which is current and is slightly changing from the first of January, twenty twenty two, we we now we're now in a world whereby businesses do require continued support. Some to continue to survive and some to grow. Um, Sadly, we've seen the closure of many businesses, which is um, very unfortunate, but many other companies have been able to kind of adapt. Some are even thriving. Some have gone from small businesses to medium-sized enterprises as a result of the um, innovation that they've been able to implement as a result of additional demand for their services, as a result of adapting to new uh, ways of working. So I think there are it's a very, very, very important topic right now because different businesses have been impacted in different ways and their transition um, into what the new world will look like in the months and years to come is heavily dependent on being able to arrange funding. But it's not just funding, it's about the right type of funding. And the right type of funding is only ever accessible by people who have done it before, which isn't always the case for small business owners or those who are working with expert advisors. And I think that's going to be a key differential between just any type of generic funding and the right type of funding as in, as required for the business as per specific circumstances at specific times. Yeah, brilliant. And, and you mentioned, you know, COVID support payments ending, putting pressure on some businesses and others, you know, looking to, to to grow and innovate from here. What's the funding and finance market like at the moment? What's the appetite for lending like? Well, <clears throat> the appetite is typically split right now across two different um, streams of lending. There's the government-backed recovery loan scheme, which is 
much more restrictive than the previous two schemes. So the previous two schemes were the bounce back loan schemes and uh, the um, C-bill scheme. So the C-bill scheme was designed to help slightly larger businesses with turnover in excess of £200,000 a year uh, with no real limit as far as small and medium-sized enterprises are concerned. And, <clears throat> sorry, the um, current scheme is the recovery loan scheme with, again, a, a limit on £10 million in terms of borrowing, which is set to change from the 1st of uh, January 2022. But the appetite to lend within what we've witnessed, at least in terms of the appetite to lend within the recovery loan scheme is very different to that of the C-bills and the bounce-back loan scheme. So the bounce-back loan scheme was a one-off scheme, very cheap borrowing with very little questions asked. Automated process could only realistically be done with high street banks. So a lot of businesses were left in the dark because they were banking with new banks, digital banks, challenger banks, and not all of those banks were under the government-backed scheme. Therefore, a lot of businesses missed out on the opportunity to take up to £50,000 at 2.5%, spread the costs over five, and then again, spread the costs over a 10-year period. So I think a lot of companies were disadvantaged for using new, uh, newer lenders and stuff. But the current scheme is more, much more restrictive than the previous Seabill scheme. We see a lack of appetite, especially in sectors that have been heavily impacted by the scheme, which goes against, in my opinion, the ethos of the scheme and why it was set up. But it is what it is. The, the British business banks... The, the, the way that the British Business Bank have structured the scheme is that they've left it down to the interpretation of the individual lenders and they've not set out a very definitive, yes, you must lend to these sectors. Therefore, sector appetite is something which has always come into question. For instance, I, had, I work with lots of travel agents and lots of hospitality businesses and trying to attain a C-bills for those businesses was, was very hard. Trying to attain a recovery loan scheme loan for those businesses is, not almost, is almost impossible because the way that the British Business Bank has structured the scheme leaves it down to the interpretation of everything by individual lenders. And individual lenders can simply reject a deal based on sector, which is why small businesses often waste a lot of time by chasing individual mm -hmm. lenders because they don't understand what's going on in the background. They simply um, say, well, okay, they're not supporting me, therefore my idea isn't good or my business isn't good. That's not necessarily the case. Working with expert advisors such as um, what we do in, enables a business to attain that level of funding that they're after because we know who's going to be lending in those sectors or under those circumstances. So right now, aside from the recovery loan scheme, we've got uh, mainstream lending and alternative uh, finance providers lending again across three kind of four dominant areas, which are conventional loans, things like commercial mortgages, invoice finance and asset finance. It is. There's more appetite in terms of lending from the non-recovery loan scheme lenders than there is from the current recovery loan scheme lenders is what we're witnessing, especially when it comes to small businesses. Yeah, that's a good overview of the, the government support. And, and, and you touched on some of the other options outside of that, um, other sort of you know options in the market. Are there any others there that, 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 that you would um, advise on? Well, <clears throat> there is... There, there, there are always different types of mechanisms to finance uh, business growth. The, the two most common ones or the, the, the two only real ones are through debt or through equity. From an equity point of view, equity is always perceived to be more expensive than debt in the long term. From a debt point of view, we've got the traditional mechanisms, things like secured and unsecured business loans. We're talking 
commercial mortgages where there is a significant kind of bricks and mortar asset to be purchased. Um, we're talking asset finance to help companies kind of grow and innovate from a, a mechanism or a mechanical point of view. Um, things like invoice finance as well are very, very, very popular right now because companies have seen growth, they've entered new markets, have put new uh, channels of revenue, but those channels can often take time in terms of building those relationships, ensuring you're paid on time. So invoice finance is something that we're seeing a lot of demand for right now. And in addition to this, I think the digitalization of the way that we do our day-to-day shopping, for instance, I work with lots of retailers and lots of hospitality businesses that were pre-pandemic, still heavily dependent on cash payments. And now we're seeing card payments as the new norm and cash being phased out at a much faster rate than initially anticipated. So another form of uh, kind of access to, to finance for businesses that are growing that don't necessarily want to take on debt that may be seen as unaffordable are mechanisms like um, merchant cash advance. And there are specific uh, lenders now who are tailored exclusively to uh, online sales platforms. So people that do business through eBay, through uh, Amazon, and those uh, lenders will you know, plug into their open banking system and they'll look at the daily transactions or weekly transactions, and they'll be able to lend off sales revenue and take proceeds of future sales as opposed to a fixed monthly repayment. Therefore, it's more manageable for some businesses because they know that all they have to do is continue selling and they'll re- reap fewer pounds than previously per sale. But the debt that they've taken on to kind of get that additional levels of stock or to invest in marketing and such is far more affordable for them on a monthly basis because it's not a fixed one-off monthly payment. It's kind of rolling as per sales income. Yeah. So there are lots of different kind of options out there. And I think the world of finance is now more innovative than it's ever been before in terms of looking at the way that the process is, looking at the products. And it's it's a very, very, very competitive market out there right now. Yeah. But So outside of the kind of government-backed recovery loan scheme lenders, we are seeing increasing appetite across the entire spectrum of lending. And it's, it's for, for businesses that are showing signs of growth, for businesses that are... <clears throat> willing to um, invest to kind of really try and see out that future growth there are ample opportunities for them to finance that growth in one way or another yeah brilliant and, and there was also i suppose we can't really talk about this subject without touching on r&d there was a lot made of r&d in the last budget um what's the situation there well, as you know, Cedula Funding Solutions is part of the Cedula Group, so we have an uh, we have an extensive team dealing with R and D, and R and D is applicable to companies of all sizes, not just small businesses. But it's a cracking opportunity for those businesses who want to reimburse themselves of costs associated to uh, research and development. Now, we're not talking, you know, businesses trying to reinvent the wheel. The notions of R and D being, you know, super high tech laboratories somewhere in underground caves and stuff like that are far beyond the actual reality of how the um, how the initiatives work and it's really easy and accessible for businesses to recoup the investments in terms of hours spent in terms of labor costs in terms of uh, also machinery and I'll get into that into a second in a second um, but it's a it's a fantastic opportunity for businesses that are investing in themselves to make themselves better to make themselves slicker 
to refine their own processes, to look at their products, to look at their menus if they're in the in the kind of food and drink sector. And if they've spent money on adapting to the new normal, as it's being referred to, if they've had to change processes and do such, there are, there will be um, a research and development claim in there. And we've got an expert team that can help with with such things. And I know many business owners sometimes do it themselves as well, but it's a fantastic opportunity and it's a unique opportunity that um, is afforded to us as you know, UK-wide businesses that isn't really evident in many other parts of the world. So it's it's a cracking opportunity for British businesses to kind of go out there, continue doing what they've been doing for so far, to be as innovative as ever before. But now you also have the added opportunity to get some of those costs associated to that innovation back. Now, there is also, um, it's being referred to as the kind of super deduction. So it's a, it's a tax um, efficient way to kind of grow and modernize businesses through investments in technology and machinery and stuff like that. Now, this is where we do a lot of work with growing businesses in terms of asset finance. So the costs associated to asset finance can be um, offset with the super deduction, as it's being referred to. And again, this is a very unique opportunity that isn't going to be around forever. But for businesses who are seeking to improve some of the mechanisms that they have in place in terms of machinery, in terms of kind of uh, physical infrastructure with investments in in mechanical or mechanically related types of uh, machines, for warehouses, for whatever it may be, again, this tax break per se is a significant cost saving for businesses going forward. And it's something that I would encourage every business owner to get involved in. If they have um, plant and machinery as part of their uh, business operations, upgrading those will provide you with significant cost savings now than, say, in two years' time, because the um, the tax implications that are currently uh, available yeah that's great and and look you know not you said yourself not all businesses have been on this journey before and not everyone knows kind of where to start um and it's important that that, that when businesses are seeking funding or, or or finance that you know uh they do that safely uh and in the right way do you have any sort of short tips and guidance on on making sure that you're you're pursuing a, a sort of secure route to to finance and funding yeah, I think there's there's um, the the UK broker scene is unlike anything else in the world. It's very well regulated, and there are um, experts at hand for particular types of financing. There are more generic experts who deal with everything. But I think what businesses need to ensure is that they are speaking to the right people, because if they're speaking to the right person about their inquiries, that person needs to understand the business. So what I do. I speak to every single client that I've ever worked with. I speak to them about their business requirements, where they want to go, where they want to be, the journey that they've been on, because it's important to understand. And it's important to understand that for one very simple reason. Not everybody is in search or in need of a business loan. And I think that's often the default position of potentially many business owners, but also some advisors or accountants who just kind of say, well, throw some money at it, and that might be the solution. That's not always the best solution. The best solution may be an invoice finance line. The best solution may be asset finance for new machinery and equipment. 
The best solution may be a commercial mortgage so that you buy the warehouse that you're renting and your commercial mortgage is split over 30 years with smaller monthly payments than your current rent, which will ease your cash flow. The current solution may in fact be a business loan, but it may be one that's over three years, not a 12-month one. So the expert guidance that is available to companies will make or break companies. And it's as simple as that. You need to speak to somebody, you need to be working with somebody who wants to understand your business, not somebody who just wants to put you in a facility for the sake of earning a fee for what they do. Somebody who doesn't show interest in your day-to-day business operations is, in my opinion, isn't somebody that you want to be working with because that person is in there to just quickly do a transaction and move on to the next one. The clients that I work with and I've represented before are clients that I'd like to think will work with me for the rest of their business lives and as long as I'm doing what I'm doing because they're the ones who I take time in understanding how their businesses operate to understand where their pain points are so that you can find a sustainable long-term solution and not just a quick fix that will plaster over the wound and then three months later you're back in the same position. It's about being able to support that business through a journey that they want to go on to and providing the right advice at the right time in terms of what is, what isn't available, what is and what isn't realistic for those specific circumstances at a specific point in time. And I think that's where, you know, referrals, for instance, I get clients who refer me their business partners, their friends, family members who have other businesses or seeking to grow or anything like that. Those, for me, are the best sources of business because it proves to me that I've done a good job. So anybody who's looking for the right advisor to come to their aid, quote unquote, needs to speak to other people who've gone through that same journey and they, and get a referral from them because a, a happy um, referral is the best type of referral because it proves two things. It proves that one, you've really been able to help that company as you said you would. And two, <clears throat> they trust you to the point where they're referring your services to other people. And that's, in my opinion, that's the best type of uh, business. Brilliant. Artin, I think that's a, that's a great message and uh, and a good place to to leave that. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us and lending your expertise around this topic. It's really, really helpful. Um, thanks also to our audience for listening. Uh, while I have your attention, I would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the First Voice podcast to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses. And do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts, and other content on the First Voice website. And that's at firstvoice.fsb.org.uk. Many thanks.